Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby and Keg podcast, episode Dude. 411. We hit that post there. Mitch on the other end of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. We got a good show today. Um, we're going to talk first impressions of this Brewer season as we are a week in. We will talk, is there reason to freak out about Giannis's knee injury? as well as the Bucks wrapping up their West Coast trip and look ahead to the next next week or so. And we will also talk about why the Green Bay Packers can draft whoever they want, and they'll be okay. And maybe a little Richard Sherman to the Packers. Um, but I welcome on my podcast host, Mitch Ross. What's happening? Oh, not too much. I just – so episode 411, we're coming yeah. up on 414, and this just – you know, this is this is a, a pre or post pod meeting uh, discussion, but you know, why not bring it on? I mean, it's episode four one four in the shadow, and uh, we might have to do something special. We may. Um, I think it'll be we'll, right. It'll looking at my calendar. So if we were thinking about this, four twelve will be next week. Four thirteen will be the week after. Um, because I am, and then 414 will be the week of the NFL draft. Could do a spring jam on that 30th, maybe, and save it and go till the very end and do like a draft recap after day two, maybe after a few beverages. Um, you know, not to steal their idea, um, but the Barstool Chicago guys do drafts i feel like drafting um the milwaukee most things about milwaukee might be a fun thing or your favorite things about milwaukee um i think would be great um would be a lot of fun but yeah i I, or tape it somewhere but you know we'd have to wear masks and everything who knows how my voice would sound with the mask and i don't think we're popular enough to be like hey can we host a podcast at your place um just not just not there yet you know the notoriety just hasn't hit the hit the airwaves. Um, when we start getting, hey, you're the guy who does all those dumbass reviews, I at on a random night at Slate. Then I think I think we're gonna we're on to something here. Yeah, I suppose I, I do like that idea of you know just running down like a a draft of favorite things of the city of Milwaukee yeah. or you know Milwaukee County or whatever. Right and. Um, the, the area code 414 that's that's something to workshop for sure yeah we can uh can, can continue to think about that um because four and four yeah it'll be a big one um will be a fun one fun one to do for sure and as a true 414 boy i am staying in milwaukee for my bachelor party so i mean maybe it'll help spring some ideas and uh we'll see where it goes from there yeah can't wait also, also, speaking of 414 boys, um, I just got word that we are going to have my guy Shay Ken on the show tomorrow. So we are going to do a daily tap with him. We're going to talk about being a DJ in Milwaukee um, during COVID, as well as we'll do some sports stuff. I have a bunch of rapid fire questions for him. Um, one that I think you will love, Mitch, but I, I can't tell you. I'll tell you offline, but I, I think you will absolutely love it. And your chuckle almost okay. you have an idea what it's about. I mean, let's, I, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into today's show and the Milwaukee Brewers. I think it's a lot easier for us to do this show tonight because the Brewers were able to take two out of three from the Chicago Cubs. 
Uh, Lorenzo Cain came through with a big home run, two two big home runs. He had you know had the solo shot start, and then he had the three run ding dong in the tenth inning. But I, I feel like the Brewers' offense is sort of where it was last year. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who are not fully bought in with the Brewers just yet because they are just going to complain about the offense. So now I'll ask you, Mitch, is this, is this what you expected? Is this a little underwhelming? Is this, or is this kind of like the new normal and this is what the Brewers are from an offensive standpoint? Uh about what I expected maybe a little bit worse I suppose I just think that obviously with optimism coming in and they were as a team hitting the ball well in Arizona for spring training Mm -hmm. so you thought maybe that would carry over but it feels like so far we're back to where we were of the 60 game season in 2020 it just kind of kind of has rolled over from there especially guys like Hira I know Yelich had a good game finally on Wednesday um in the win, but you know, Hira has been extremely disappointing and uh, he seems kind of lost. And I think that he's a very important piece to this lineup because without him, you know, Yelich has no protection then. I mean, because right. Garcia hasn't been great. Um, and I guess after Yelich, Shaw's been okay. He's had some moments. Narvaez has been pretty good. Good to see him bounce back. Um, but you know, the offense, I guess, is, was never going to be the strength of this team. And the pitching has been has lived up to their side of the bargain for sure. And um, with a, a near no-no on Wednesday from Brandon Woodruff, we have not got one in our lifetime. And I thought maybe today could be the day. And it would have been great in Wrigley Field. But, yeah, but um, offensively, Craig, I – Not to interrupt. You can't, you can't have Craig Kishon announcing a no-no. You, that has to be a Brian Anderson thing. Like, you can't give that to Craig Kishon. It's also way too yeah. early in the year to be getting Craig Kishon games. Like, where's Matt LaPette? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I forgot about him. Just also, I don't really know why, why Brian Anderson Alvarez. didn't do. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have that. that he's probably, I'm sure he's at uh, currently at an establishment in Madison right now. I'm sure they're just, just whooping depressed. it up. Just depressed. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, – I forgot. Um, where was I now? You have, uh, yeah, um, Craig Kishon already. You know, and I'm surprised that Brian Anderson does didn't do Wednesday's game because I'm sure he does games from home. Mm-hmm. And you know, but hey, maybe he's got another one tomorrow on TNT, and they just gave him the whole week off or whatever. Uh, I think he did Monday, didn't he? Yeah, he did Monday. So maybe he comes back for Saturday and Sunday because they have off on Friday. So. Yeah. Even if he has, I'm sure he has to rest the pipes a little bit. And that game got done at midnight. So if you're like, oh, you got to prep. Now, granted, I think you know what Brandon Woodruff and Kyle Hendricks are doing. But I think that might be, that probably is the case. That they were like, ah, you're working till midnight. Just take just take another day off. Maybe, maybe we'll have VA back for the Thursday afternoon game against the uh, Cardinals. But I do want to talk about the offense before we get into the pitching staff. I think there is a real case to be made that the Brewers are kind of unlucky at this point. And I've been tweeting about this a little bit and I'm not trying to like flex my muscles and say like, Oh, I am watching, you know, I'm watching everything. Cause I'm not, you know, we talk about this all the time with baseball. You miss innings 
you're never going to really, really sit through a full nine for a baseball game. But the Brewers have right now the third lowest, fourth lowest uh, Babbitt. So they are getting extremely unlucky right now. They, the balls that they have been putting in play have been right at defenders. And that's what balls and, you know, Babbitt really looks at, you know, your luck. How lucky are you? And right now the Dodgers and the Reds currently have seen the most luck. And a lot of that's based on how many home runs that they have been hitting right now and just are absolutely mashing, mashing the ball. And, and they're just playing really good baseball, but the Brewers have really struggled with that. Like you look at, they've only grounded into one double play all year. So they've only grounded into one double play. That's, that's really not, not that bad, right? They're, they're, they are ground and they're grounding out their fifth in ground outs right now. So like, there are some things where you're like, all right, are we sure the Brewers are not that bad offensively? And maybe it's just, it's been bad luck. Like their ratio from at-bat to home run sits 20th. So like, it's not great, but it's not like terrible. It's not like currently the Seattle Mariners are waiting 96 at-bats per one home run. That's absurd. And Mariners are obviously one of the worst teams in baseball. But I, I just am not ready to be like, all right, this offense stinks. Like this offense is exactly what we came to accustom. Now, do I think Luis Urias is a six hitter? No, I don't. And I, I, we've said we're not lineup complainers, but Luis Urias is a seven or eight hitter every time. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. He's just a seven or eight hitter. And I don't really feel confident with him at the plate. I'm probably the least confident of any of the brewers at this moment at the plate, I would say. Um, and I'm hoping that'll change. I'd love to be wrong about it. I'd love for him to sort of figure it out. And he has a lot, but it's a lot of pressure now with them trading Orlando Arcia. I think that's, I think that is going to put a little bit of pressure on him and we'll see. And we'll see if David, Ro- Daniel Robinson is David or Daniel. I think it's David, right? Daniel, Daniel, Rob- Daniel Robertson, Robertson, Robertson. Robertson, Daniel Robertson. Um, maybe let's go D Rob. Um, that's just a mouthful of a name. Um, D Rob, maybe, yeah, maybe he pushes him a little bit. Um, we'll see. And glad to see Colton Long wasn't too banged up with that oblique injury. Um, just needed a day off, which is okay. And I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah. I uh so you've presented the positive spin stats. Yeah. And I will just in the interest of, of a sports talk podcast give yeah. you some 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 negative thoughts. Um, which I'm, which I love doing. Yeah. Uh, the, so it's really hard to ground in a double plays and nobody's on base ever. Okay. I'll say that. And then <laughs> they have 70 strikeouts, yeah, which that's is not tied for second worst in the league. Yep. Um, they have 19 RBIs that yep. is going to come in at about, uh, 20th. Uh, well, you know, and then of course the Nats and Mets have only played three games. Right. Yeah. I mean, so 19 runs in six games driven in. Um, that doesn't account for unearned runs, I assume, because do you get an RBI for unearned run? I don't right. know. But because uh, I know they have several unearned runs um, driven in, like namely opening day. That was basically all unearned after in the ninth. Um, so, you know, I mean, the average is not where you want it to be either. 171 is a team. 
right. uh, <laughs> that's that's awful. Yeah, um, that's not that's Cubs, not good. Only the Cubs are worse. The Cubs right. are uh, Cubs are buck buck twenty four. Yeah, wow. they're slumping. I mean, the Pirates have looked. You look at the teams that are in this bottom tier, right? I mean, the Pirates have looked like ass, mostly because Ken Bryant uh, Hayes went out with an injury. The Braves have looked real bad to start the year. The Athletics, I mean, Jesus Christ. And they, we just yeah. saw the Cubs. And you took advantage of the Cubs, who I think people don't know, are they good, are they not? I think right now it's trending into the not. And, yeah, I think they saw something that the Reds have more runs this season than the Brewers have hits. Brewers and Cubs have hits combined or something like that. I'll, or I'll look it up. There was a, it was a crazy stat that was like the Reds are just on such a tear right now and they're doing, Oh yeah. LOL. The Reds have more runs 57 than the Cubs and Brewers combined 46 have hits this year. Yikes. Yeah. That's that's now before you give up on my A's remember that they have played a Houston and LA uh, to start the year. I mean, I know it it wasn't Oakland, both those series, but that's that's about as tough as it gets to start the season. So and they got to play Houston. They, they, they got to play Houston again this weekend. They? Yeah. Wow. Tough. So they no. could be zero and ten. Yeah. Could I? Could I also say something here? And I don't know. Sure. I, um, Houston, like I kind of like you know wagering on them on the road because I think they get pissed off with all the garbage can and all the cheating shit. Like I think that really pisses them off, and I think they use it as motivation. And I don't know. I'm, I, I know a lot of people were like hated Houston for being cheaters. But I don't know. I, if they embrace the bad guy role, like I, I'm going to have to like Houston. It's just, I, I don't know though. I, Correa is a prick. I really don't like Correa. I don't, I just, something about him just screams fraud. You know what I mean? They turned down a huge, huge extension, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Let's go with free agency. So I think him and Trevor Story are both free agents next year, which, Trevor Story to the Brewers, Mitch, not, not that uninteresting, right? If if the Brewers are in contention come come July, right? Little little Trevor Story action for the rest of the year. Um, how are you getting him? I don't know. I we'll see. Um, but he's, he'd be the thing is, is he would be a rental because he's is his last year in his deal, seventeen million dollars. Pay half of that, be about nine and a half as a rental so that's what i'm saying like as a rental he's not going to be as expensive as he would be um like if he had multiple years left on his deal i mean if you got him i'd feel a little bit better about the lineup i think we <laughs> and, all would uh, right you know, i think he'd, be, yeah. he'd, be a, he'd fit real nice in that four spot in that lineup i think you bet. right behind yelich you bet and he would away we go did he win gold he win a gold glove too um potentially i mean he's a he's a pretty Pretty solid all-around player. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Colton Wong at second base, you forget how nice it is to have a good second base defender. Man, he's yeah. made a couple plays where it's like I the one on, I think that was Tuesday night, where he had the double play, and that was an insane turn in the ninth inning. And it's just nice to have Colton Wong there at second. Um, as for custom here, I have no idea. In terms of the pitching, um, before we move to our, our beloved Bucks. I I'm liking the staff so far. The Adrian Hauser stuff. Eh, I don't know. Um, 
I he pitched all right, didn't good, not great. I'm still still kind of just meh on Adrian Hauser. Um, and we'll see if he can kind of revive himself a little bit. Brett Anderson had one bad inning. I'm not gonna not gonna freak out too much about it. Um, I think it'll be fine. And yeah, I think Freddie Peralta and Woodruff have been great. And Corbin Burns was excellent. Um, and so those could be your your big three. And I kind of like the fact that the Brewers with Peralta as the quote unquote fifth pitcher, you basically do Peralta, Woodruff burns as your order and that's that's really tough to beat um definitely to beat two out of three in that if you you're facing that in a series or in like a four game set yeah they have the best batting average against in the league at 179 um so that's a positive stat the era is not doesn't necessarily reflect that probably the home run ball I think it's bullpen related too. Like you look at what that bullpen, the bullpen was bad over the weekend. Now it got, I, they did a really good job during the Cubs series. Like Suter was great. Uh, Fire Eisen uh, was a little shaky on Wednesday, but he was good Monday night. Boxberger was great um, both on Wednesday and, th- and Tuesday. Um, so I think the bullpen kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that ERA is, is related to that. To the, the it's probably from the from the blow up on Sunday. I would imagine is is where most of that comes from. Just gave up eight runs on Sunday to the Twins. Um, Devin Williams. I mean, um, you know, kind of in a weird start to the year for him. I, he he pitched what opening day and then didn't pitch again until Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So was... he had uh, several days off and then gave up a home run. I think and, that was a you know, uh, council council boo boo there, which happens, right? Like you're not perfect, but I think council probably would would have won that back, and you know he needs to kind of keep Williams fresh. I know I understand he wants to be patient with him, and I guess he had spring training interrupted. Did he get hurt? Did I miss that? That he kind of got hurt during spring training? Mm, I'm I don't recall that, but that's certainly possible. Because McAlvey um, had a tweet that was like Devin Williams, like spring training plus has, has, you know, affected him thus far. And it's interesting that they're sort of, they're sort of saying that. So let's see what he noted. Yeah. I, I haven't, I don't recall if he got hurt, but I could have spring training kind of, I, I was thinking about this on spring training, you kind of, you're like, all right, spring training's coming, pitchers and catchers, blah, blah, blah. And then they play a game, and you're like, sweet. And then you kind of forget about spring training for like three weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I guess you see highlights here and there on Twitter and stuff, but it's like, I guess for me personally, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, opening day is like this week. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, and you got to kind of kind of focus back in and get ready to start Brewer games every single night, which is awesome to have your team play every day. I mean, I can't. I don't know people who aren't baseball fans or don't have a, don't have a team in their city. It's just having baseball every single day is, is again, something to, to treasure for the, uh, for the time being. And, uh, um, you know, regardless Brewers offense, I'm just, I'm happy to watch them every night. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. He said he didn't really follow up on it. He just said Devin Williams, his abbreviated spring train was showing 22 pitches for two outs. 24 pitches for three outs today. So he, did he uh, have like an operation or something like close to spring training. He, that sort he of did hurt himself to... at the end of last year, 
But it was interesting to hear Craig Council after the game say this, also from Adam McAlvey. Uh, he thought Devin Williams threw the ball, aside from the mistake fastball to Jock, this season was not going to be the same for Devin Williams. The league presents players with challenges. It's incredible at doing that. Devin and I had that conversation this offseason. So basically telling him, like, hey, man, you you know how you, like, was a, were able to strike everybody out? Well, there's tape on you now. People know what's coming. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to adjust. And if that's true, that he didn't have the spring training that he should have, well, then you shouldn't be using him as your as your shutdown guy. He should just be rotated in with the other guys, you know, maybe a sixth inning here, maybe a seventh, you know, get him sort of acclimated and ramp back up a little bit versus saying, all right, we're, we're going to have to have Devin Williams out there, you know, every eighth inning to set up Josh Hader. Maybe he's just not ready to do that right now. It's okay. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's really not a big deal. Um, and I think that that could be why you, you now see Brad Boxberger. Yeah. A guy that has, that has been a closer before and has certainly been a setup man and has a ton of experience in the big leagues. That's kind of maybe a little bit of insurance there in case Devin Williams has some hiccups and, and regression. And yep. uh, yeah, I mean, when you only th- throw two pitches, you know, eventually, and you know, relievers, I mean, it's tough. Oh, yeah. It's tough to be successful all the time. I mean, even Josh mm-hmm. Hader's had some slumps and I mean, yeah. it's just, it's going to happen. Hopefully this is just a, you know, a bad week, a bad stretch. I mean, and hopefully he can get, get straightened out because he's certainly going to be going to be needed. Um, totally. As Urias is on my shit list for hitters, I think for pitchers, it's really just Josh Lindblom. Cause I just don't know what we're doing anymore. I know we signed him to a deal. Yeah. He struggled a lot in that game against Minnesota um, on, on Sunday. I know he pitched all right during opening day, but you kind of got to ask yourself what's really, what's really the plan. And I think they want Lindblom to be um, a Brett Suter on the right hand where it's like the guy can go five innings and Lindblom can hold it down for three. I just don't know if he's that guy. Um, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. So I'm, I, I would say I'm probably the most nervous when he gets in the game. Uh, I'm willing, yeah. I'm willing to like give Drew Rasmussen another chance. Like I know he got, he got roughed up on, on Sunday as well, but I'm willing to give Drew well, another right. shot. I like Drew. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got potential. And as far as Lynn Bloom, I mean, not as much. I mean, there's just, you know, there isn't a lot of redeeming qualities in terms of if, if he's not, like he's not a reliever, I don't think. Oh. And it's just, I'm guessing it's probably a matter of time for him. You know, they're not going to, I mean, the Brewers only get rid of people four games into the season if your name's Orlando Arcia. Um, but okay, so I was going mean, to ask. Josh Lindblom is, is, is probably going to get, I would imagine, a month or, you know, maybe sure. more. Yeah, that's usually the case with guys who suck right away is they get six weeks. And then after six weeks, it's like, all right, we got to go. And if, if it's really bad, four weeks, three weeks, but usually they get about a six week cushion. Um, and yeah, maybe they're also seeing, well, if Adrian Hauser is not going to be, it's not going to be the starter we thought he thought he would be, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean we go to Lindblom? Do we test out even a young kid in Andy Ashby? Do we look somewhere else in terms of who our starting pitcher could be in terms of that, you know, role? I, I hope that's not the case. Um, but because, 
I'd like Hauser to figure it out because I think he can be, I wouldn't say as good as like a Corbin Burns or Frey Peralta, but he can be on that lower, lower tier. Lastly, are you okay with the Brewers kind of going more pitching, less hitting with Arcia's departure and the likelihood of either Derek Fisher or Nottingham getting called up whenever they're ready and healthy from their injuries? Yeah, I, I, the way council handles things, I guess it was a matter of time before they went a little more pitching heavy for a while. Um, I don't know. I mean, they have days off built in early in the season. Right. So pitching shouldn't be too much of a worry the first couple of weeks, but they certainly are careful with pitchers and um, as they should be. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I, you know, Nottingham doesn't do a ton for me really. Um, I was just looking at the roster and you have Billy McKinney, who is, I'm thinking, when is he going to play? I mean, that outfield's loaded. I don't know when, when he's going to, he's he going to get in hits. there. If, it, it, two pinch hits. Okay. Well, then I was say maybe if he's succeeding there, I don't know if you, you probably wouldn't see Derek Fisher, I guess. No. As long as, as long as those guys are all, are all performing, um, you know, unless they want to do something with Cast and Hira, which I don't know if we're at that point yet. I, I hope not. I don't think um, so. Because if he gets sent down, that's that's trouble. I think. Ah, um, uh, it's trouble only because of how sent getting sent down is different today than it was pre-COVID. Um, yeah. You know, and I I don't know. I don't know if it's just the the first base is is really affecting it. I kind of talked about it on my show Tuesday. So I, I think it's, it's a real problem. And I think, you know, they are going to be lefty heavy, but you're going to have to put Vogelbach in there more. And I know Vogelbach is not as maybe good if he, as fleet of foot, but you at least have that chance that he runs into one. And yeah, against the lefty, put Kira in there. But I think it needs to be a straight platoon until Keston can kind of start finding it again. And he probably also needs to be hitting about six or seven. And I don't know why Omar Narvaez is still hitting below, you know, the six or seven spot. Again, not a lineup complainer, Mitch, but I'm just saying Omar, Omar has shown me stuff this year so far, which I really like. Yeah. He's been, he's been probably the second best hitter. I mean, on this team, yeah. um, maybe, maybe the best hitter, you know, Lorenzo Cain has only played two games, but he's been pretty solid. He's got the numbers now after Wednesday, no right. question. It must probably, be the, probably has more RBIs than he had all last season. In, in it the, must be, you know, it must be the mask, baby. It must be the mask. Masking up during the game, which is wild. I, I don't know if I could do that, so more power to him. Um, I, I, it's also because I'm fat, so it, you know it, that has something to do with it as well. Um, so Brewers do get ready for the hated Cardinals. Apparently, according to our weather guy, we might get some rain tomorrow. So who knows? Be a bummer. Yeah, uh, we have we have it on on good authority on from our insider sources that there's a forty percent chance of rain in St. Louis today. <laughs> so, uh, but you get uh, good matchups this weekend with Burns and and Wayno on uh, on Thursday, and then they have the day off on Friday, which sucks. And then afternoon baseball on Saturday with Hauser versus uh, Carlos Martinez. And then Brett Anderson and Daniel Ponce de Leon on Sunday uh, while the Masters is, is rocking and rolling. 
Yeah. So not not bad. Not not you know you kind of want to win that one with Burns, but Wainwright is always tough at home. He did lose his I think his first start. Um, St. Louis is. I've assumed they beat the Marlins today. They were up. Um, oh yeah, they won seven to nothing. They they beat they beat up Miami. So they are four and two to start the young season. Anything else about Brewers before we go to the Bucks? Uh, just getting back to getting back to five hundred. I think is just kind of allows you to reset and um, with the, the you know the two nice wins over the Cubs. Um, just it's kind of. I mean, I, I thought I thought Wednesday's game was a big game. Um, some would say they're all big games. Some would say none of them matter until <laughs> September. But <clears throat> I mean, just to just for some confidence. I mean, the offense has been up until I'd say obviously the last two games. The offense was dreadful to start the year, and they got a little bit of life going. And uh, you know, actually playing with a lead once in a while is kind of nice. And uh, to be again to be 500, let's just reset and go forward and uh, and try to get a couple wins in St. Louis. There you go. Real quick, your A's did win today. Um, tenth inning winner against the Dodgers. That's right. That, that's right. I, I did. I did see that. And then now you mentioned it. I did watch that a little bit on MLB Network, and they did. They did walk off. So they they did eke out a victory. You, did you that's see? Right. But they, they were down. They were down yeah. three two in the ninth. Yeah. Did you see who they walked off against? Uh, Jimmy Nelson. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, Jimbo, one of the softest guys on Twitter. About you know as soft as. Do uh, you know who got the game-winning hit? Uh, Mitch Moreland. Your boy, Mitch Moreland. You bet. I, I do like Mitch Moreland. Um, this is a Mitch Moreland pro podcast. Moving on though to the Milwaukee Bucks, who were in Oakland as well. How about that? Um, fortunately, they came up short. Um, really, a bad loss um it is what it is it's one game it's not the end of the world but when you're up 10 with four minutes left you pretty much expect to win and bucks probably needed one or two more shots to go in and it was over and they just couldn't get it done um it was really sloppy um and i it's kind of what we saw on saturday too right like they just could not close mm-hmm. the door against sacramento they were lucky they did the time ran out and unfortunately in this one, the time didn't run out and they lose. So I, I, I'm happy that I didn't see a lot of Bucks Twitter losing their shit on this. I think it's good. Congrats guys. We're kind of finally understanding who this Bucks team is. We get it. And no one, no one lost their damn mind. So I, I was proud of that. Um, but Giannis is bothered by me. Um, it's not football, it's basketball for him. Um, and it, it's knee soreness. That's all they're saying. Um, who knows if he'll play tonight against Dallas? I would not expect him to. Um, we'll see. He is though. doubtful. He, oh, is he? He is doubtful. Yeah. So he on won't. the um, according to the Wednesday night injury report, uh, yeah. we're not going to have PJ Tucker, and Giannis is doubtful. Anyone else so taking the um, uh, the last game of the the road trip off? Um, not literally, but you might see it on the court. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I, I would not get your hopes up for this one. Um, you know, Dallas is also oh, God. red hot. They are they're playing they are. really good basketball. Um, so it'll be a disappointing probably three and three road trip, Mitch. But you're not worried about Giannis's knee right now, are you? Um, no. Sort of. I mean, okay, no. So I just worried. I just think that it's 
Well, I mean, I think, you know, maybe more long-term, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking like, okay, I mean, is, is it going to be a Russell Westbrook situation, right? Where it's like, he's the most, you know, the, one of the best athletes in the league and on the planet. And it's just kind of minor arthroscopic knee surgeries in the off season and he loses a step and, you know, but I mean, I guess, do I care whether or not he plays against the Dallas Mavericks on a Friday night in, in March or April we're in now? Um, no, not really. And it's the first half of a back-to-back. Um, I would hope he plays Saturday then, I guess. Or I'm confused. Excuse me. Thursday night game and Friday is against Charlotte. Right. Um, I, I would like to see him in one of those games. I guess it's, again, it's one of those things where they're being very cautious, I think but they're also being very um, secretive a little bit, you know, with, with what's exactly going on. Um, nobody knows if he's had like an MRI or anything. I don't think um, maybe it's not to that point. I think what happened though, a lot of times in, in, in life, you get that you need to see a video or a photo of something in order to really understand how serious it might be. And I think the video that, came out from the Portland pregame broadcast of him. I'm sure you saw it. We've all seen it. Um, that was kind of weird, you know, but he went, but he came out and played and had one of his best games of the season. So that's kind of, kind of, I guess, avoids that out a little bit, the concern, but, you know, I guess I'd rather see them be, be cautious and make sure he's ready to go. And I think that's probably what's happening with PJ Tucker too. I don't even know if that dude's actually hurt. Maybe he's just, maybe he's just conditioning. Honestly, I mean, maybe he's just getting into getting into Buck's shape here, and we do not need BJ Tucker until May. <clears throat> you know, we don't really need him for another month. Yeah. Uh, so I, looking at the Buck schedule, I mean, there is a real case to be made that if Giannis is having a lot of bumps and bruises, that this is kind of the time to take take some time off. Yeah, Dallas is good. Charlotte's all right. But then you got Orlando, Minnesota, Atlanta. I think you'd like to win, but then you kind of get into that nitty gritty of the schedule when you have a back to back against Philadelphia on the 22nd mm-hmm. or the 24th at the Pfizer Forum, both on prime time. I think that game, those games really fucking matter. I think those games are very important. Of course, your boy's going to be in Austin, Texas um, for that entire series. So that's fun. Um, that'll be a good conversation with the fiance. Um, but it's okay. You know, we, we figure out ways, Mitch. Um, I said, I wouldn't be distracted with sports if we go this weekend, honey. And then I forgot that the Bucks and Philly are playing each other twice. So that's good. Um, and then you have Brooklyn a couple weeks later and that's it. That's at the FISA forum. So really those four games are the most important games on the schedule because you could potentially get the two seed. You could potentially get the one seed. Um, who knows how it'll all shake out. And I think, yeah, it's important to have Giannis's knee healthy. And right now the Bucks would play, and I know a lot of Bucks fans don't want to hear this. They play the Miami Heat in the first round. And now I don't think this is oh, yeah. last year's Miami Heat, but they're annoying as fuck. They are not, they're not fun to play against for the Bucs. They're physical as hell. They're going to beat Milwaukee up. And you look at this and you say, all right, we're not going to just trot Giannis out against Golden State. We know our sort of quote unquote second team, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to degrade 
uh, Drew or Chris, but our second team can beat these guys. It's like, why even, why even bother? So it's a bummer that he's, he, I think not watching Giannis sucks. It's fun to watch, watch the Bucks without him. You know, they, they're, they're still a fun team, but yeah, you, you missed that with Giannis and what he did last Friday night was incredible. And so I think that's a hard thing for Bucks fans to kind of read, to kind of, you know, realize, or, you know, kind of make sense of. It's like, this guy just had one of the best games of his career, not just the season, his career. And then the next three games he's missed because his, his knee is sore and he's, you know, he's kind of hurried. So is like you said, I think, I think the Bucks owe us some answers. I think maybe that's the bigger question, right? The Bucks owe us a little bit of an answer. They kind of need to tell us, I mean, I get a couple games and maybe they will, maybe they will before Thursday's game and say, look, Giannis is out for two weeks. Um, we're going to re or we're going to reevaluate him after 10 games or something like that. I know, or 10 days. I know James Harden is going through that right now with a hamstring injury. So we're going to reevaluate Giannis next Thursday. We'll see if he's ready to play for against Atlanta. Okay, great. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think we need some answers as to what's going on. here. Is he going to be ready to play against Charlotte or is it going to be something where it, they're, they're going to need to like reevaluate him in, in a week or 10 days or 12 days? It's, it probably is one of those things too, where Giannis, he won't let them do that. Mm. Like he just, he wants to be out there every night, every, every minute of every game probably. And he, he does not want to shut it down, so to speak. He wants to, to try to play every night. And, you know, it's just, it's just, everyone's confused, I think. And when it comes to, you know, the most important player the Bucks have had since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough situation. It's, it's hard to, it is, it's, you're right. It's hard to, hard to register. And, um, you know, it's tough to balance that. Like, well, we want to win games, but we also want to be healthy. And which then in turn, you know, you blow a game against the Warriors that you should have won. Yeah. That's going to also, you know, accelerate the anxiety a bit, but that was just one game that was, um, you know, frustrating, but on to Dallas and then they'll, they'll get probably, probably pasted pretty good by the Mavericks, I suppose. And uh, we'll see. there's we'll such a see. terrible matchup. You never I, know. If I you mean, look at the standings, if, it, if you look at the standings, there's, there are, I, I mean, I don't really feel great about anybody in the first round. Oh, except for Atlanta. Yeah. We sweep, we sweep Atlanta. And I think, I think we'd beat the Knicks in five, but I think it would just, we'd just be beat up after it. That's basically, I like, we're better than the Knicks. It's just, it's more, yeah. I, and if Gordon Hayward's out long-term, Charlotte is not, is not, Charlotte's going to fall here because they don't have Hayward and they don't have LaMelo and not having Hayward or LaMelo is okay against like an OKC team they're playing tonight. I don't know the score, but when you're playing an OKC team tonight, it's fine. But when you're playing the Bucks on on Saturday or Friday, it's not going to go well. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not too worried yet. I think the Heat are obviously the biggest one. And as you made the case to me a couple of weeks ago when I was puffing my chest out about the Celtics, um, yeah, I don't want to see the Celtics, even if they are sort of this team that seems to be a good bad team where. 
they play a bad team, they'll they'll roll them. They'll beat them beat them by a lot. And if they face a good team, they've got their ass kicked pretty good. Like Philly owns them. Philly just dominated them from start to finish yesterday. And and we've also seen Brooklyn also dominate Philly, uh, Boston. So it just seems like Boston is a tier below everybody else this season. Yeah. I just, yeah, we, as we've covered, I mean, with Boston, it's just they have they have the talent, I think. So it's kind of they're, – they're a scary team. I agree about the Knicks. I think that's exactly right. We probably – the Bucks may even sweep that series if it came down to that. But the Knicks – they're not they're not pushovers anymore nope. with Tibbs and they're 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 very very young and scrappy and feisty and blah 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 they just right. um but that, that would probably be the team I'd want to see see oh yeah for sure um real quick before we go to the Packers uh Jeff Teague uh that was unexpected I know it's one game but shit I did not expect Jeff Teague to score 15 points in a game no um your guy. He just he looks he looks he looks comfortable out there. I mean, oh yeah. Just, I don't know. I, I don't. You know, Bud doesn't ask anything of him hardly. No. I mean, I don't think so. You know, just go out there and you know, in the in the eight minutes that Drew Holiday isn't on the floor, you know, and they don't even. I mean, Teague probably plays ten minutes a game, right? If that. And you know, he's just. It's just. It's obvious that he's so much better than DJ, DJ Augustine and probably should have been brought in in the first place off the scrap yeah. heap. And, and, he, but, and he might be better unnecessarily. I, I, I don't want to get too excited, but like he is more athletic than George Hill. I'm not saying he's better than George Hill. I'm just saying he brings more athleticism to that bench than George Hill did. And that there's something to be said for that. And you have a lot of athletic dudes on that, that second unit with Bobby, with Thanasis. Bryn Forbes has decent pat no way pat. but um what pat's like pat's one of the best jumpers in the nba i know I, you guys are gonna be like wow you're a fucking racist dude um well yeah. i mean i i seem like a Connaughton apologist i i don't love him that much but it's like again who's better who are you gonna put out there that's better now I know. does he need to be does he need to be closing games fuck no but yeah that's a problem you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's going to happen in a playoff game and it's just going to be, Oh God, it's kooky torches and absolute batting rams. It's just going to be, people will not leave the beer garden during a playoff game. They're going to go right into Pfizer for them. Yeah. And (laughs) they're going to just start taking off little pieces of the, of the wooden, the wooden uh, tables. And they're just going to start making fires out of them when be like, we want Pat. When Connaughton is, you know, stuck guarding Durant on switches in the second round against the Nets. And, you know, that is just, I don't even want to think about it. No, that, that'll easily make you just drink a fucking handle of bourbon. Um, that's bad. But if they're fully healthy, there's no way Pat Connaughton should be out there. No. Yeah. If Pat Connaughton's out there and they're fully healthy and PJ Tucker isn't, it's a coaching malpractice. And then you have to wonder what Pat content has on Mike Budenholzer? Like what, like, does he just, does he know something that he's not supposed to like, what's going on here? But I, I doubt that. So hopefully, I, think, I mean, I, I think, I think your closing lineup in the playoffs probably has Tucker and Giannis. Yep. I think um, probably no Brooke Lopez. 
depending on, on, I guess, like Brooklyn, if they leave DeAndre Jordan out there for some reason, I guess you'd probably have Brooke Lopez, but, um, you know, Brooke had a rough game against Golden State, at least defensively, where it just seemed like he was, he was stuck chasing Steph Curry around. That's never going to go well. No. So that just was kind of, kind of another, kind of another reminder, like, okay, Brooke might not be, might not be the greatest for a playoff series, you know, when it, when it's, when it's, when he has to stay in front of other teams, best players, it's tough, but. The last um, question I have about the Bucks: it's game six in a playoff series. Would you rather have Mark Davis be your head official or Tony brothers? Cause I don't know who I'd say at this point. Yeah. Mark Davis was kind of a disgrace on, uh, Absolutely. on uh, Tuesday night. Just and I'm not garbage. really an official, official guy, but that was yeah. It's my there turn. was a couple. I mean, the Drew Holiday phantom offensive foul. I, I did see a tweet that that was turned into a five second back to the basket or something call, yeah. or something like that. And, and the like and, and the official. It's just, just how does covering. that work? Like how does that yeah. happen? Is that no. is it covering up? Is that what it is? Like it's got to be absolutely. It's a hundred percent a cover up, and especially because the Bucks lost by one point. I mean, if holiday makes that basket the bucks win i mean i know that that's like extremely simple right but it, at the end of the day that basket came back to haunt the bucks and well, that and, sucks and then the 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 foul on Ubre with yeah you know, seven seconds left right wasn't, you know i think nobody touched him yeah i i looked at that and i did i was about to tweet like where the fuck's the foul but i at some point I've gotten better with complaining about the refs on Twitter. Um, as I noted, when you were saying I'm not a big ref complaint, complain guy, it's like, yeah, it's Mike Warner. That's usually my role um, in this relationship. Yeah. But Well, yeah, but, like, I got no problem, like, in person. Like, if you're swearing or whatever at the TV, like, that's fine. But, like, we don't really go oh, on Twitter about it. Sometimes you just need to let it I, out. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And then, well, then you had the – Kevon Looney was basically just holding down Brooke Lopez on that on that last – ugly possession yeah um yeah yeah. so well i will make i will offer maybe against dallas the bucks without Giannis come out with a little bit of piss and vinegar just after after the how the game ended on on tuesday and maybe i don't know if they can hold on to that that piss and vinegar for full four four quarters but maybe for the first two i and i know holiday is going to put Doncic in 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 the wrap in the in the raptor chamber or whatever the hell we want to call it, but yeah, it'll be, be an interesting game. Nonetheless, let's wrap up. Um, we have the green Bay Packers. The Aaron Rodgers stuff is done. I don't know if you know this Mitch, but Aaron Rodgers wants to be a jeopardy host after during his, while he's playing. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this story. Um, just wanted his to future could be in it. jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, it's very good coming up. I'll tell you why. Corey Lindsley's answers about Aaron Rodgers um, expert categories says a lot about his leadership. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been overdone. Um, oh my God. I'm just like, Oh guys, we didn't need a hundred fucking things. I mean, the Jeopardy's really getting after the PR machine. They're like, all right, let's just hype this up. Everybody likes Aaron Rodgers. They love this story, but yeah, Rodgers has not missed an interview. He was on good morning football. He was on uh you know, Pat McAfee's show, he did, I think he did an article. He did a, a thing with uh, the Wall Street Journal. Like, he is not stopped. Um, poor Kay Adams, though, seeing Rogers go 
go go on with Shailene Woodley. Um, that's tough because um, I don't know. Seen some chemistry, thought there might be something there, uh, but you know, it's tough, tough, tough time. And yeah, Shailene answering Instagram store, Instagram lives involved, had, knows nothing about sports, um, which some some people were getting restless about. I can already see the tweets. Is Aaron Rodgers really dedicated to football? Um, taking your calls, 799. But yeah, <laughs> I, she's like, to me, like, it seemed like on um, Tuesday, you know, you had a full day of sports talk based off that Jeopardy and then how much social media Rodgers was doing. And he was, you know, Sh- Shailene Woodley's in, you know, doing these Instagram lives with, with, with Rogers. And <clears throat> it's just like, I'm so I'm kind of sick of her already. It happens, man. Unfortunately, she did like the she she did the uh, didn't she do like a Fallon appearance or something yeah. where she was like, oh, like I didn't think of him as a football player. Yeah, like oh, okay. she did. She, all right, here's the thing about Shailene Woodley. We're really gonna just get into this. Um, I didn't expect this to go there, but it's fine. Shailene Woodley's a fucking tryhard. She just screams oh, yeah. actress tryhard. Just wants to know that she cares about every social issue um, is just, you know, I don't care about football. I don't know what football is. Aaron Rodgers is like, Oh, she doesn't even know what halftime of this game. I mean, isn't she fucking watching it with you, bro? Like he, he at least could say, yeah, it's Baylor university out of Texas and Gonzaga university out of Washington. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, Oh, this is what's going on in basketball. And yeah, maybe she doesn't ask to have things explained, but I, I, she's the classic girl who would just yell out like sports, you know, I hate those people like who like want to feel uh-huh. like they, they want to, they want to interject their voice on sports, but they also, they want to know, want you to know that they don't care about sports, but also they want to have an opinion like fuck off. That was a good yeah, rant. I, mean, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect I left you speechless. That's, it's, you know, but it's, I, I well, will. You're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's just, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, read the room a little bit. Like, <laughs> you know, half, half of your, half of your, you, you have a newly acquired fan base and half of them are diehard football fans, you yeah. know, or sports fans. So let's just, let's maybe embrace it a little bit. Here's, here's the last caveat I'll say on this is I do think sometimes in relationships, it's, it's a nice thing to have a, to have someone who's so different than you and to sort of have that, that person, like you see couples all the time where it's like, it's night and day. And like, if I had a fiance who liked to go out as much as me, I'd probably be exhausted. I probably could not take that. Right. But because Morgan, my fiance, doesn't really like to go out there as much, it's nice. We have our own little things and it's good. You know, don't need to do everything together. And maybe that's what Rogers has. And they're cool together and they, they agree on some things. But there are some things where they're just opposites and sports is one of them. That's That can be a healthy yeah. relationship. Totally. So other Packer stuff, you know, the draft is – approaching i wouldn't say we're at draft season yet at least for like the packers obviously for the teams drafting in the top 10 
it's all the rage. I mean, if we were doing a Carolina Panthers podcast, we'd be talking about Darnold and what do they now do with their draft pick. But for a lot, for the Packers, it's just, all right, let's see how this board falls. And I think, I think what's going to be really interesting is just how the quarterbacks, however the quarterbacks get drafted, what that means for the Packers down on the, on the 20, you know, at 29, like, I think it's going to push some guys down the board. And so when it comes to like 20 or 21, when the bears and Vikings are picking, I could see the Packers making a move up because they have a bunch of picks. Yeah. The, um, um, I got, I'm sorry. I, I was, I was looking at the, some mock drafts here just to sort of get a feel with, with Darnold making a move, going to Carolina. Trevon Morig is yeah. I'm looking at CBS sports, your boy. Safety um, from uh, TCU might be mentioned on Murph's draft, draft manifesto later this month for sure. But Travis Etienne right there, late in the or early second round here in this, that, that'd be a guy that I think, well. Uh, at the, the running would, back would, stuff, maybe, you know, it, it would, it would, so we'll give you, we'll give you guys a little taste of the draft manifesto portion. Um, what position do you think would drive Packer fans crazy? Like if that's drafted in the first round, um, with, what's the best for sports radio? Put it that way, which is in turn the worst for like Packer fans. What will have the most calls? Besides the quarter. I would say, I would say maybe defensive tackle. Oh, but, interesting. but at the same time, I think just because they have Kenny Clark and, but but at the same time, I think people acknowledge that they probably need some help around him, or at least maybe uh, certainly some more depth on, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, corners probably a need, so that would people would be happy with that. A, a safety maybe. I mean, you have you have two pretty solid safeties. Um, yeah, I think but, I think people would be upset. This would be a classic like pinhead of a why do they need a safety? But if you move Darnell Savage to sort of like a rover where he's like a linebacker safety, and then whoever you draft, you kind of push him back to kind of be in a center fielder, what Savage used to be. I think you would make a real case for it, but I do think, yeah, you're right. Uh, the pinheads will get mad. I You're missing the one position on defense that I think would drive people really crazy though. I'll say uh, it. Outside linebacker. Oh yeah, buddy. If they draft an edge, all how will break loose. Yeah. All fucking hell would break loose. Now I think you can always argue that getting more guys for the quarterback is always a good thing. But if they go edge instead of a middle linebacker and say their middle linebackers available, whew, man, it's going to be that, that to me would be the one I think running back would drive a lot of people crazy, but yeah. there'd be, there would also be a section of Packer fans would be like, Oh, we're just getting Aaron Rodgers more weapons, you know? So, yeah. Um, I think offensive line would drive people crazy. Although, just because offensive linemen aren't sexy, and we just did the offensive line on the manifesto yesterday. So go back and listen to that um, if you haven't. But linemen's a need just does not get anybody excited. But there are there are a lot of linemen to get excited for. So that that would be my caveat there. I think you could make a good argument that the Packers' offensive line is a weapon for Rodgers. Oh, um, that people people Mitch. kind of sleep on. Yeah. 100%. This is, it's why I'm not trying to get myself fired up again, but it's like, 
it's exactly why some of the garbage around Rodgers, receivers, and running back, all that bullshit. It's they have a complete team. They have a Super Bowl team. Now injuries can happen. Um, yeah. Other unpredictable shit can happen. But this is a Super Bowl roster right now. Now you're just going to get to add guys. That's great. And I didn't realize he was still unsigned, but Mike Silver made a case today that Richard Sherman should go sign with the Packers. Now, I don't think Richard Sherman wants to live in Green Bay. I'm just being a realist. I It's, it's a nice thing for clicks. We'll talk about it on the blog. But I don't – I'd be very skeptical unless – Aaron Rodgers kind of sold him on that. And I do saw someone on Packers Twitter saying like, you know, Tom Brady recruited guys to Tampa Bay. Like Aaron Rodgers needs to maybe do a little bit of that and sell guys on the idea. of. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I know we compare Rodgers Brady all the time, but like Green Bay is not a premier location. So you've got to at least talk some guys into maybe like, Hey, here's why you should come to Green Bay. Not only, Will you have a chance at a Super Bowl? If you are a Super Bowl winner in this town, you will never pay for a drink for your life. You'll never pay for a meal in your life. You will be revered. You're among a class of people, and all it takes is one great year. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's not the best town, but Milwaukee's two hours away. Chicago is four in a car, less than a, an hour by plane. So it's like if you really do need to get away to a big city, they're available to you. It's just not, it's just not there all the time. You're not going to be living in the heart of a city like Atlanta or Las Vegas or even Tampa Bay, right? So I do think there needs to be a little more selling from some of the players about why why Green Bay is still an option. But I, I think the Packers I just, oh God. I giggled because it just like I thought of like the the evergreen sports topic, which I feel like we haven't heard lately because it's, you know, the Bucks front office has done a good job, but like just the, does Giannis, should Giannis be recruiting guys? I just kind of got the, I just had a flashback to that when you said, talked about Rogers needing, needing to recruit people or, or, you know, possibly getting a little bit, you know, deeper with it. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Rogers seems like a pretty, pretty uh, solitary guy. I mean, I don't, probably keeps to himself you know goes yeah. to coffee shops walks his dogs yeah you know hangs out with shailene smokes a little bud you know oh oh absolutely grows out this hair hair looked great on jeopardy by the way yeah it's fantastic the flow the flow is rocking as we wrap do you have a master's pick for the people i talked about the masters yesterday people for those who don't know mitch not a golf fan does get in with majors. So the people are waiting. Do you have a, a golf pick? They will be teeing off probably by the time they, they listen. So no one can ride your pick probably. Patrick Reed. No, I don't know. No, nah, Patrick um, Reed. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I mean, the masters is one of those tournaments where you can go back to well with a guy who's won before Patrick Reed yeah. will always be in my known as the guy I watched hung over as fuck in Vegas because we had a flight at 6 a, 6 p.m. And I said to myself, I am never fucking doing this again. And I'm always getting out at 6 a.m. if I ever go back to Vegas with a group of friends. Yeah. Um, I don't think Tiger Woods is going to make the uh, no, no. Make the first tee for this no. one, is he? <laughs> no. But um, 
<laughs> um, Justin Thomas, maybe? Well, yeah, there's a lot of Justin Thomas buzz. Um, there, I think I'm in a golf league with our good friend Murph, who you hear on the manifesto. Ooh, I really should have had on Daily Tap as well to do Masters this week. Just forgot. This was a big Jimbo on my behalf. But I'm probably going to go with John Rahm, at least as part of my betting card, is John Rahm, I think, he just had a kid. There's something weird about that with golf. Ooh. Yeah, right? I hate John Rahm, though. Like, I really don't like John Rahm. My dad doesn't like John Rahm. Like, I always think about my dad because he, you know, loves golf. And if John Rahm wins, he will not be having a good time on Saturday, on Sunday. I would add Easter. The, the with Spaniard, him. the Spaniard, John Rahm. He's, yeah. uh, he's, you know, he's, he's what a top 10 golfer oh, in yeah. the world. Yeah. Top 10. I mean, he's one of the betting favorites. It's him, Justin Thomas, DeChambeau. Right. Bryson. Dustin, yeah. Dustin Johnson are really the four, 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 five, yeah, five that I mentioned there. And so, yeah, it could be Rom's time. He's, I, I don't always like the guys who never won a major as the Masters being the first one because I just feel like at some point that lemon booty creeps up. Now, guys have done it. Um, you know, I think Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, a few others, uh, but or Sergio Garcia. So, but like, yeah, that does kind of at, at some point you're down the back nine and you're like, holy fuck, I'm about to win the Masters. And you can just see it. You can just see it in guys like, the famous speed collapse was a class, even though he had already won, it was a classic example of someone who just completely realized at that moment they were going to win the Masters. Roy McIlroy, famously years ago, had that happen to him. So it'll be, it should be an awesome tournament, though. Um, apparently, the greens are very fast and firm. So that, oh, pardon me for that hiccup, but it means that we're going to get higher scores than probably usual. And I'm about to die, so I'm going to need to sign <laughs> off here. Okay, sounds good. All right, take care, guys. Back next week with 412. Um, we will talk about a variety of things. Oh, real quick, Doe said that the Badgers were the second most popular team. Badger football was more popular than the Bucks in Wisconsin. Your response? Um, I don't disagree oh. in terms of like – Dude, uh, you spend uh, spend more than an afternoon outside of outside of Milwaukee County, and I'll tell you, it's um, <clears throat> they don't give a fuck about the Bucks and uh, the Brewers, of course. Dude, I don't know though. The Brewers, the Brewers, yeah, I think the Brewers are more popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think this is actually a good topic for us at some point when we have a lean summer, summer hot summer week, but. We'll uh we'll end you there. I, I just I needed to get your take on it. I did I I kind of expect you to be mad. You weren't. Um, but that's okay. Um, but <laughs> back tomorrow, Shay Ken and me, maybe the Girth Draft Manifesto a little double dip action, but I don't know how long Shannon and I'll go. So it might just be Shannon and I. All right, guys. Take care of yourself. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace. Peace.